I practice mixology. It's like biology, only with more gin. Andy, bartender. I am a caffeine delivery technician. Sharon, barista. I use my experience to make yours better. Stanley, tourism experience manager. They've all been explaining their jobs in their own words on behalf of Northern Ireland's tourism and hospitality industries. Discover hundreds of amazing opportunities in tourism and hospitality right now when you search careerscope.uk.net forward slash NI. Explain them any way you want. At times it's becoming farcical and you have to really feel for these players and management. This isn't normal in any shape or form. For your first chance to hear Brian O'Driscoll on OTB, download the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Quick start car insurance that's ready when you are. Sort your policy anytime online at getsetgo.ie. Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us. Everyone in. All right, Brian O'Driscoll is back in studio. This feels a little bit weird. Welcome back. Yeah, two, uh, are we still two metres apart? Fe- it doesn't matter. I can I can see you. I can almost touch you. <laughs> <laughs> it feels great to be back because as much as we thought it was all fine and everything, it wasn't really. And no, we were pretending. That, uh, we were pretending. And, and it doesn't feel, it feels like, not a forced conversation, but this feels conversational rather than the effort of and you log into your computer this hopefully shall be uh, just uh, a chat uh, this is where I get uh, myself uh, into most trouble <laughs> exactly exactly we, we lull you into a false sense of security and then go oh well, tell us the truth <laughs> or there's now, a raised eyebrow and you're like oh, shit I better give some yeah, well that's it well do you know what It's the problem is you guys are good poker players so when I say something dangerous or outlandish there's no reaction from you so I go oh this is good this is being well received I'll just, I'll just keep, <laughs> We're I'll just busy keep plowing in oh that's a lot of clicks <laughs> uh, in, in fairness though to the players because like it was a fake year for them a fake year of training a fake year of team meetings a fake year of representing the jersey and all that kind of stuff and, and they did really well with it like, yeah they did yeah now listen I think you have to bear in mind that they were still able to do their jobs when lots of people weren't so let's balance things up a little bit um, it, it was brutal for everyone when it did shut down for that it, it's, 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 a, it's such a blur as well no, it feels you like know, it was a year you can't remember that first lockdown weeks, yeah. when, when literally the world stopped um, but when it did pick back up again I think they did feel very fortuitous that they were um, still able to go and do what they did albeit in a sanitised version of things but it does we, you know we've spoken about it at length over the course of the last year you know, supporters and fans are everything to sport. That the energy that they bring to Stadia is a huge component of why we play the game and why in, we enjoy the game, and why, as a neutral viewer at home, you you can see the sway of the referee on the basis of the crowd swinging one way or another. You could hear it in Thomond Park. Yeah, um, you could hear it in the RDS at uh, the weekend. It's it's great, and I've been I, I've been kind of continually going to games and, and covering them but it's it feels so different and so new again I think we'll always regret that that Lions tour didn't have a feverish uh, South African home crowd baiting the referee in that second game because it would have been like one of the all time most tense moments in the history of sport after what Razzie's video had done yeah. you can only imagine what the South African crowd would have been like with like a fairly sizable contingent of of, uh, of Lions fans too so I think the other thing on that as well you you, you can't underestimate I'm not saying that sides change their style of play on the back of crowds but when you the subconscious player when they hear something positive for a counterattack or a big collision or something that breaks away from the mold of what they've been doing they log that that they that stimulates you know um whatever drug it might be in your in your body and you go gosh that felt good yeah. i enjoyed that maybe I should do that again and so it just gives you a chance when maybe they're playing to a bit of a constrained um, game plan that when you do break away from it and it's well received something is ignited in your being Well is that what you were trying to do in the second test in 2009 there was an element of getting the crowd because we talked about that when we did our classic game club and you were like I I needed to do something that was going to change the momentum of the game and that's what I did 
Yeah, I, I think there's... Yeah, when the game slips away from you as well, you're trying to sh- shift that momentum. But if there'd been no um, audience there, for example, the tackle would have had much less of it an would impact. Have, absolutely, because you can hear, like, you can hear, ooh, yeah. and, and, and then when, it, when the replays are played and Danny um, Rousseau you know, falls over yeah. and, there's a, and there's another replay uh, or there's another ooh from that, yeah. all of that feeds into the subconscious. You, you know, and and the conscious. Some of you are watching the big screen, and right. some are yeah. are understanding what's going on and the legality or otherwise around it. Oh, and what you know when you're watching replays, you realise what others are willing to do and the levels they're willing to go to change the shift in momentum. So, one of the other things I thought about the absence of the audience and the crowd and the people giving out was that players who might not have taken a risk were suddenly willing to take a risk, knowing that there wasn't going to be a huge heap of the crowd going, oh, what are you doing that for? Which, um, now, in, in football, it was particularly noticeable that some of the weaker teams were trying stuff against the stronger teams and we had weird results in the Premier League. I'm not sure it, it transferred as much to rugby. It didn't seem like we had this incredible outpouring of it attacking rugby, did we? No, we didn't. But, but to, uh, to your point about those players that maybe go into their shell a little bit because supporters are there and getting on their backs, you have to remember too, when you're out in the pitch, you're not hearing the micro detail of what Johnny from Dundrum is saying oh would you Carney for God's sake don't you know it's always Carney pass the ball or yeah or whoever 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 else um, only down in you Munster don't, in you don't Park. hear that you don't hear that detail you just hear oh and, but you know it yourself you've already yeah. your body's already given you off oh yeah. because you're your own worst critic and so because you're not privy, which is a good thing to what's being said in the stand, that, that <laughs> micro chat, if you did, if you positioned yourself up there after an error like, the, like you do making games, you would be a shadow of your former self because okay. I'm sure that I'm not, I'm not, I don't put myself in that position very often as a supporter to hear it because it would just infuriate me. But I know it goes on. And so I'd want to alienate myself or I'd want to step away from that and not, not know what's actually Transpiring, yeah, and and um, you will be a supporter again. That's the the, the opportunity is there for all of us. No, absolutely. I, I I I I've been to one Ireland game and the All Black game in Soldier Field just because I was going away on a lads weekend and um and we just decided to work that into the schedule. I, I guess expectations weren't very high of what the game was going to do for the weekend, but it did wonders. Yeah, um, but I've always. I've never wanted or had an ambition to go to a game just as a supporter uh, I, because I quite like watching at home. I like being able to say what I want to say. And and then a lot of the time, you know, when I go to games, I'm working at them, which, um, which I enjoy too, and being able to analyse and scrutinise exactly what's happening, Ireland or their opposition. But I'm going to the all black game with my six year old for the first time I'd planned on going last year and then it didn't materialise with the November International so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it and obviously the big game you want to go to with the Hacker and yeah. the Mystique around the All Blacks that's the one and will you be a, a quiet supporter uh, yeah no I'll, I'll I'll watch the game vicariously through him I yeah. not um like I, I won't be able to. When you're at here. home, are you quiet and there's no, no one around? No. What are you I'm, shouting at the referee and no, why are you doing that? And I'm, no, I'm not really. Sh- occasionally, like I'm, I'm trying to, like I'm in commentary, trying to call it in real time. Right. Say that something's a penalty when I can see a good body position going in and someone locking onto the ball. I right. can before a referee is going to give a penalty, I'll call it, and and either the outcome will be a penalty or I'll be like, come on, referee, you got to give him a bit of love there. When you were playing, were you were you talking to your teammates like was there a, was there ever any kind of narkiness when you were talking or was it always kind of I have to be positive here even when somebody's really I think you have like, to know the individual and who responds well to which um, so some people you were narky to because they could yeah, take it yeah because they could take it um, because you know that th- their response and their character um, justified being able to give it to them and that they were capable of channeling that in a positive way whereas there were plenty of guys that it had to be constant reinforcement of positivity around you're doing a great job and focus on the next play and you're untouchable when you're at, on your A game and just kind of fostering that In the middle of the game you say yeah, that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah I would do yeah. Yeah, in, the, in the middle of the game and that's just knowing how, somebody's tick, how somebody ticks 
um, knowing um, how that individual is wired and programmed and how you get the most out of them. And that only comes with spending time with them and sitting down and talking about all aspects of life and getting a proper sense as to what type of person they are. Other people will shoot from the hip a little bit more. Like Johnny's a perfect example. Yeah, I would have had said before on, on this show that I would have had like shouting matches with him at training and about, but but, but also I, I would know that it's got to be grand. It works. It works for him. And what? So, like, what are you shouting at him about? Like, if there's a you know one like we're both quite stubborn, but if if I genuinely felt as though he was in the wrong on something or he should have done something or he threw a pass too hard when he needed something. Just c- come on. And it's, it usually wouldn't start with being excessively aggressive, but it's the reaction to the initial outburst yeah. Yeah. then escalates significantly. And, and Johnny's encyclopedic about his rugby knowledge. So he, I've, I've used the term before in a dangerous way. It's like a bit, a bit like having an argument with your wife. You know, something that happened three months ago will get regurgitated and that's the way Johnny worked yeah. and I remember make, having, having a, a, a spat with him in a game against Italy and literally two or three months later he brought it up in the next argument I was like well I don't even know what you're talking about but um, but that's but you know that it's fiery and then parked um, and I think definitely all the more so listen it's seven or eight years since I've played with him and I've seen this massive evolution but even at the weekend he's still programmed a particular way got penalised for in at the side good good decision I didn't see it initially when I was watching it in real time saw the replay I thought what was that penalty for in at the side and I saw him mouthing to the touch judge just going well done well done <laughs> I, 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 I think you couldn't see the touchy but I think it was to him it, and it wasn't a complimentary well done so like he's still wired that way and if we if we want to change that you lose all the good stuff and he will overreact sometimes and he will be regretful of some of the things that he said but do you know what I, I think you have to He's not for changing now. And and even when I was critical of him in Stade de France when he got subbed off, um, I, I suppose retrospectively looking at that, he, he, yes, from a captaincy point of view, maybe you don't want that from your leader. But it is if you it is. take that fire away, yeah. you don't have all of the great stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a bit of a balance. You, have, you can't have one with the other. And I'm not saying that that's okay, but I think if you want... All of the great stuff that we're still getting. Well, we've still got an unbelievable forms at the weekend. The, the chippy... Uh, you need that. You need that nastiness because that's what fuels him. Well, that's what we forget. It's not for us. That's for him. Yeah. And that's what, what works. And that's why that out, those outbursts, he's able to park them immediately and then he just cleans the slate. Whereas sometimes others will live with whatever words he gives them. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's up for them in some ways. Like, it's, it's, it's not that important, right? But it is, for if you're on the receiving end of that and you can't take it, then you need to find a way to deal with it, right? That's the, the opposite side of that. And he probably has to help facilitate that. But he's not making the comeback for being dropped from the lines and not included in that unless he is that character unless he's using that fuel and unless he is kind of aggressive and and we, you know we definitely would have been critical after that that like well, how do you feel if you're Ross Byrne looking at the at the screen but ultimately that's the game they, it's a really tough environment and um, no one is stopping to make sure everybody's okay at every step of the way it is it's 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 a bit dog eat dog at times that you just have to be able to park and move on and and there's so many big games coming that you can't dwell and feel sorry for yourself and um, I, I spoke to him after that moment and he made a really good point he said do you think I was looking up at the big screen and watching myself reacting that way he said there's, you know in, in Stadia there's always like a three second delay on things of course, so, yeah. so you know you're reacting a particular way and the next thing you look up and then the camera comes on you and then you start seeing your reaction and then the camera's gone and you can't do anything to to, 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 to correct it yeah. so you know there's so many different aspects to it and, and like I said I am not forgiving that for a second but I do think it's part of a complex whole it's, it's it's 15 years 14 years that we have seen it and and when you're still delivering at the highest level and 
against all the odds and we're still we ha- we're going to be having these conversations in the next two years going gosh we're putting all our eggs in to hit that basket but I read Gordon Darcy's article today in the, in the Irish Times and I totally agree he's still by a long way the best number 10 in Ireland by a long way which is so exciting from his perspective but so concerning from a national team perspective because of one injury or one knock and you know he's he's probably a bit more durable than people give him credit for but that's p- partly because he won't shirk any of the responsibilities that we are nervous yeah and uh, so we'll we'll talk about the monster scenario but we may as well now that we're talking about the the 10s talk about um Healy and the emergence of Healy and how quickly that's happened i think it's n- somebody said it's either 9 or 11 games that he's played uh in at, at this level um in his career and yet because of the situation we find ourselves in, he's right there when it comes to how we're thinking about um, who should be the number two to Sexton. And by the end of the Six Nations, who knows? So that, that's a long period of time and a lot of rugby to be played. Um, do we baby Healy into the Ireland squad? Do we stick him straight into the Ireland squad when he's not even already the established number 10 for Munster? How do we, how do we deal with these in a way that's long-term thinking and short-term thinking at the same time. Cause he well, what's long-term? Is, he, is, is Ben Healy likely to be in the 33-man squad for Rugby World Cup? I think we've, you've got to work backwards and all coaches have to, to, to do that. We're two years out from Rugby World Cup. So there's a huge amount of development can happen in that time. And I guess it's... it's it, as you don't want to be dramatic because players can always limp in, you know, just in the rounds beforehand. But ultimately, you don't want that happening in key positions. No, it happened with Connor Murray in 2011 that he got into the the squad, having just been capped in the warm up games. But they're unusual circumstances. He's played for his provincial team. He's shown this huge consistency of performance and confidence. And but whereas you look at all of the other tens. They've gone very well for a period of time and then there's something, there's a stumbling. And and it just, it creates an uncertainty in all of our minds and no doubt in Andy Farrell and the coaching staff, my cat, they, they must be thinking, gosh, oh, well, we've got to stay with Johnny. We've got to go there because it's hard. They, they're still thinking short-term victories to make sure they're still in a gig in two years time but ultimately they've got to start working backwards from World Cup to now to go right what does my squad makeup look like if I'm picking from a full deck and is Ben Healy part of that maybe so I've got to look at trying to introduce him into the fold soon it's it's 50-50 whether or not he's going to be there like, yeah like it's very hard to tell two years out you, you would know? have said that he's got a 10% chance of making it this time last year but now I actually think that so let, let's there's going to be three outhouse in that squad right? yeah I think you're going to have to pick three I do yeah and so Carberry's more than likely going to be one and Sexton's going to be one and then after that the two Burns are a runner Sorry, the three Burns, Billy Burns, but I'm not mm. sure if anybody's ever going to forgive the missed kick to touch. In the I long think run. I, I, I'm not worried about that. I think that happens, right? I, that it's an, that's that was one incident. I think there's other parts to his game that would concern me. There, irrespective of that kick to the okay. corner, those things happen, right? Fair enough. I, I, there was other aspects to the, the to that ten minute sequence that were more concerning than one kick to the corner. So I guess I'm using that as an example. Yeah, but um, but I, I I think good players are able to grow their way. Out Fair enough. Out of we haven't seen episodes. that sign yet, though. That he's he's reached a point where he's able to dominate games or he's able to influence games enough that he should be in the World Cup squad. No, I don't think he's shown that. Um, I think again, consistency of performance so well and good being a consistent performer at. URC level or even European level but it's just such a huge step up to international and that's why so many players fall by the wayside you know where they've shown great potential at provincial level but because of some shortcoming in one aspect of their game it gets exposed and um, and they're not able to deal with that you know rise in tempo the speed the less less time on the ball and they go into themselves and they're they're not the same player. And that's why when you do get 
80, 90, 100 cap players, particularly in pivotal positions, they've earned it. Yeah. You know, you don't fluke your way to 100 test matches in a, in a halfback jersey. No. Uh, so, Carty doesn't seem to be in the mix anymore. I don't think he's in the mix. You know, I talked last year that he... he Probably like deserved an opportunity, but... It didn't come? It didn't come, but also uh, there's something missing there too, I, I think. He shows potential. I don't know if he has... See, you have to remember too, even when Johnny Sexton does retire, but he's not retired yet, it, it's it's a poison chalice to come in and take that over. You know, he had an unenviable task to come in and take over from Ron O'Gar and, he, and he's he's excelled, but... A player to come in, looking on the basis of all of the quality that is available now, it's a, it's a poison chalice because I don't know if any of them can elevate their performances higher than what he's achieved, which is... But it's a very high level. It is a very high we, level. We take for granted... He's a, a once-in-a-generation player. Yeah, yeah. And a World Player of the Year and a Grand Slam winner twice and now once. Uh, three... 400 cups like it's a sensational level of, of um, achievement but that gets us to gets us very quickly to Carberry and Healy and it's like let's see him now yeah well like the thing is Johan van Graan's not worried about the World Cup right he's worried about his job about his job and he's in the final year of his contract and he's going to pick the personnel that he feels can get the job done and Ben Healy got a, a go against Scarlets at the weekend and did very well it was a lot was made of the very poor Scarlets, but I thought Munster were really good. They were incredibly organised. They evolved, have really evolved their game plan. Some of their younger players coming through. There was lovely. There was a lot of thought put into their performance. Um, the balance of their kicking game versus trying to get the ball wide to their fast men. They're offloading. I, I really thought I was impressed. It's the first time that I thought that second level of players have really stepped up and we've associated that with Leinster over the course of the last three or four years that it doesn't really matter the personnel that come in they yeah. do a job it felt for the first time that there was a version of that with Munster with O'Sullivan at eight with Liam Coombs with Nash um, with all these guys you know, breaking through because you always felt that actually that was the big gap in, in Munster's squad we, let's come back to that in a minute because I just want to finish because we didn't talk Ross Byrne and Harry Byrne Harry Byrne were dying to see him play a sustained period of time at 10 but there's just been an injury issue at various stages and they're, they're not they're not huge injuries but there's just a, a profile there over the last 12 months where the opportunity is presenting itself and for whatever reason it's a back strain or a calf strain or whatever Yeah, you've got to be careful not to be that guy too and that's that can be good fortune um, can be unlucky um, and I'm not saying it in his case it, it can be a sometimes with some players it can be dig in a bit more and you got to ride it out and he's had a couple of unlucky ones and you, there's nothing you can do about soft tissue he got a hip pointer at the weekend very debilitating as well so Different players get their opportunities different ways, and all of a sudden Ben Healy catapults past them. Absolutely, and you, you know, you've you've someone hyped for ages, and then for one reason or another they're not able to deliver, and then someone comes through the unsuspecting, and they take their chance, be it a club level, and then and you sink or swim at international. You go well or you don't, and you get the jersey again, and you hold on to it or you don't. And, and it's that simple. I suppose that's the long-term question, right? Because Healy's really young. And if you put him in now and he doesn't swim immediately, is there a possibility that you slow things down? Well, I think you've got to understand the, the personality there as well. I don't know Ben Healy, but I understand that he's a very confident guy. And so maybe that sways your judgment that you go, OK, maybe he has the durability and mental toughness to be able to ride out a, a disappointing performance. I would I would say from from my understanding of of Harry Byrne as well he's kind of a similar mindset he backs himself massively so it's just a case of these guys getting a proper opportunity um but you got to decide which you know which of those is the better option yeah. right now you look at the kicking game of Ben Healy you know is that a game that you're that you need you're out half to to be playing he's got a superior kicking game no doubt Harry Byrne's undoubtedly got a better running game 
both quite nice passers of the ball. Healy's a nice passer of the ball. Doesn't take it to the line quite the same way, so I don't think he's going to attract um, defences in and create space out wide to the same degree, but he's got good range of passing. So there's lots of... There's, there's different qualities with with these different players I guess it's what you're looking for if you're Andy Farrell I think too and and we've seen with a bunch of different players some people really take to international rugby like Jacob Stockdale immediately into the team and all of a sudden looked, looked incredible uh, other people have come in in a similar position and struggled a little bit to reproduce their club form now Stockdale's form has come off a little bit so maybe he's not the best example for the long term but some some people have that temperament straight away and that would be the argument for experimenting with both of them over the next 12 months if Andy Farrell was in any way confident that his job is safe all the way through to the World Cup if somebody comes and says your job is safe to the World Cup you need to make sure you've got the best out halves and uh, give them both game time in the Six Nations what do you do with your, your captain so Johnny Sexton's captain of the Irish team as well do you say to him you're going to the World Cup now I know that you're, you've told everybody that it's only one year but we're going to make a, a Fausty impact we're going to make it all the way to the World Cup and you're going to have a key role you're not allowed to play in internationals for the next year. Not, not, not that you're not going to play. That is. How about he's on the bench? And horrible to hear from. I don't care who you are. How if you're, if you, if you still feel as though you're the best option or one of the best options, it, it would still be a bitter pill to swallow from any. For the good of the team. Listen, he'll do it. He, I think he will do it, but I don't think you can. For the balance and and but also how how dominant a character Johnny is in in camp. Can he be on the bench and the lads start game on game no, off? No, I think he can. He I, I think he can. Yeah, I think because he's got to be a realist as well in saying, I, I can't. If Andy Farrell goes and says, Johnny, I can't put all my eggs into your basket. I just can't. He, he's he's a smart guy. He'll yeah. realise that's. That's a, that's a clever move. So from that point of view, provided he's involved, provided he's not shelved for a period of time, because he'll also want to stay sharp yeah, at that yeah. international level. So, so you're going to have to drip, you know, you're going to have to split up. There's a compromise. Yeah, there is a compromise. And I, listen, I said it on the, you know, on, the, on the show a couple of weeks ago. You need to see more Joey Carberry or whoever else is the other 10 option. That's not to say that Johnny's not still number one, but we have to See, we know start he's number giving, one is yeah. the problem. And then, unless we help the competition, but the problem is in the short term, then Andy Farrell's not getting the best out of his team yeah. because he's not picking the best players, which yeah. is a really hard thing to do from a coaching perspective to give game time. So I think you'll see, you might still see, you'll see, still see Johnny so he's starting, starting the for the All Black game, game yeah, yeah, and maybe you'll see the the others involved starting the other games. Okay, and that would be, acceptable. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think you can be putting out a below full strength team against the All Blacks we we can never offer that luxury no no and and uh, but for the Argentina game if if any of those other out halves started it'd be exciting yeah yeah it would be um, so long as the team outside them and inside them is uh, it's not just it's, listen it's just just them but yeah it is exciting and I think it's a it's the reality of where we need to be. So, and everyone knows that, including the coaching staff. So, it's kind of low key, but the number nine position is a fairly similar scenario. Yeah, like, it has gone under the radar a lot more because of the age profile. Conor Murray's a lot younger than Johnny Sexton, but yet, what's going to happen there? Yeah, Conor Murray, good and good and um, not bad during the um, Lions tour, but maybe showed signs of some of that form of three years ago but then not consistently at it so yeah there's there's definitely scope for um, a shake up in there um, but yet it feels as though Conor Murray's still very much a 23 um, squad man yeah. um, right now um, you know what you're getting there and there's a comfort that comes with him but I, I do feel as though there's there's opportunities to be had yeah and let's let's see again. It's um, a friend of mine always talks about the it, the young kids are always better because we haven't seen them. It's like the Andy Reid Wes Hulan impact. It's like oh, he's not there. The team would be perfect if we had this player. But young Doak looks like somebody who could uh, potentially step up at some point in the future as well. So again, maybe they're just players that you kind of ease in over the next years. And in five years' time, we're going to have Doak and Healy, and we'll be like, wow, that's amazing. In case you can't get in the team, we'll see. Um, at Repromed, we know every fertility journey is different. That's why our world class specialists offer personalised treatments with compassionate care. 
With clinics nationwide and a new location in Cork, our consultant-led teams provide the fertility expertise to give you the best chance of success. Start your fertility journey at repromed.ie. You mentioned there the strength that the Munster team showed against Scarlets and they're obviously going to need to draw on all of that because of what happened with RG Snyman. So it's a horrific situation for him as an individual and it's a horrific situation for Munster because the level of excitement when they announced that this was happening, it happened, the announcement essentially came out six months before it happened. Then it happened, huge excitement. He gets picked, he gets injured. He's out for the year, comes back and it's there's a bit of an issue and then comes back again and immediately looks like he's back. He's kind of, you know, Godzilla swatting people away and immediately he's gone again. So it's two and a half years of hype and excitement punctured in the most horrible way. Yeah, it's it's hugely deflating from their perspective, but from a rugby perspective and, and you you really have to feel for the individual as much as you do feel for for Munster because it it it, it did feel as though this was one of the missing pieces, um, and you, and we got a we got a flavour of what Damien Deolande offered last year, and he was brilliant for them. And sometimes with your overseas players, particularly when they're still playing international, that maybe you know they dip in and out, and they've, or they they bring back knocks from international duty. Now Deolande didn't play a lot of international, or didn't play any international last year, and that's why we got so much of him. But he was brilliant, and Sarki, and he bought into the monster thing, and he was oh, right in the faces of the Leinster lads. It was great. It was exactly just, what they need. I just think Orgy Snyman's athleticism to go with the nasty edge of other components in there, Jack O'Donoghue, these guys that just have a bit of an edge, Pete, just to have that skill set in there, and and just a, a monster ball carrier, but also someone that could evolve their game. You see him, you know, with the basketball passes and those octopus arms like he just it felt as though it was going to be that next elevation to get from semi-final finals to a trophy yeah. capabilities and to not get to not have him for two of his two year contract and it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what comes of this now because something similar happened to Marcel Coetzee up in Ulster he had two near back to back season-long injuries and then in his third season had a great year I think he might have been player of the, of the uh, club player of the year um, last season and then moved on you, you'd have to anticipate that you'll get more out of it Orgy Snyman that it won't be two and gone because players do feel a responsibility and an onus to offer something back to the club that have come and and taken not a punt on him, but but paid good money, and yeah. and then and for the player not to have delivered. So even if he thought two and head home or two in Japan, I think now there's a strong likelihood that he'll want to deliver for that fan base. And you know he would have he got a cup some rapturous applause. He had already a couple become, of times did he come on? He's the yeah. he's the potential to be a, a cult hero. Yeah. Um. In in this setup, so. He'll. It does feel as though. Hopefully, the second one won't take as long to fix. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about ACLs really, but I, I, I'd anticipate, provided he's able to come back fully fit, that you will see a, a contract extension beyond these two years. Well, fingers crossed for that, and, and that he gets back. In, in terms of the monster change of style of play, what impact does not having him? Does it suddenly take them from being a team that you thought would reach the semi-finals almost guaranteed of the competitions they're in to a team who are going to have a hairy enough time now making the quarterfinals uh, or or progressing in in Europe? Like I think there is the potential for it for him to be that big a loss. I do. It it does feel like he's a big piece of the jigsaw that that is missing. Rocky Elsom style impact. Yeah, like he, he, the athleticism. We saw those videos of him in Japan. Like when he's in the open field, he looks like Ryan Baird. He looks so comfortable, yeah. you know, ball in hand, agility. For a guy six nine, he's quick. He's when you think about it, like, yeah, he's yeah. you know he he looks to keep the ball alive. He doesn't want to die with it. He smashes people. He's got a big work rate. Um, like. Oh, he's such a loss. He really is. And, and Graham must be thinking, oh, I just cannot buy a break. He must be sick. If he'd he had really him, must be sick. If he'd had him to Christmas, he'd probably have a new deal. 
Yeah. And now it's like, well, we're going to wait and see. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see now what what centre pairing, or sorry, what second row pairing they do go with. You know, it's there was talk all of a sudden with Jenkins, you know, fit. Where's Tyke Byrne going to fit into all of this? You know, is he the, is he a starter with RG? Now you don't have that that issue as to where you, you because the, you look at the Munster back row as well and the quality that are coming through and guys putting their hands up it, there's a, it's a really competitive environment for the first time in a long time um, where where kind of eight go into five positions in the back in, in that back five so um, now all of a sudden you've lost one of the key components of that so it's who's going to partner with Ty Byrne is it going to be Jenkins is it going to be a Hearn um, for me, there's a, actually a bit of a case emerging to keep Van Graan for the the sake of continuity, where the team has built up to this point. And I know it's a double-edged sword, and you, you know he's had plenty of time, and we should have seen more progress by now. But if you blow it up and you get a coach who comes in and changes things and wants mm. to play a different style of play, back a couple of years like, takes you a while to build that again. Very hard for a new coach to come in unless it's. Somebody from um, within the system. Unless it's from someone within the system, be it Larkham or, or Rantree, that comes in and just evolves what they're already doing and has a serious, th- a, simp- um, a similar theory as to how the game plan should should look. Um, it does feel as though they maybe should stick. But also, on, on the basis of what we've seen so far, is it three try bonuses? Um, yeah, they're playing great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like they're playing really well. And, it's like, but they're... It's the thought as well. You know, there was a really beautiful fifty twenty two from a scrum uh, just inside their own half where they did a sweep. They manipulated the backfield, pulling the the um, open winger up because there was a running threat, and then kicked it in behind. Now the execution was a sixty meter kick from Healy. It was more like a seventy twenty two than a fifty twenty two. Yeah, and it was magnificent, but. It was what they were trying to do, and that's the first time that I think they've really. I've seen them thinking their way around, strategizing what what they want to do in the game. That would suggest a well coached. Yeah, it would. It everybody would. buying it in. Would. But also players, players pushing the pass for the first time. Guys that maybe you might have associated with dying with the ball now all of a sudden looking for offloads and you don't have to throw that offload every time but if you look for it and it's not on and you place yeah that that's half the battle there's a bang of Stephen Kenny off this where it's like Irish players are really good we can't keep the ball alive we have the technical skills we just need to force everybody to believe in it we, we have the technical skills and and I think you can see it I've, I've even watching it it was great to see um, Adam Byrne back um, again but I, I saw parts to his game evolve that I hadn't seen for a couple of years on the basis of coaching. Yeah. He was never really an offloader. And two or three times at the weekend, he got the ball out of contact. Where And that's just a coaching piece. So it does show that good coaching has a major impact on changing the way a player is. Just because you're set one way and you've, you've come out of school or come out of an academy with a certain mindset, players can evolve and change themselves. Devin, Devin Toner became one of the best players in that first pod to take it to the line look at the tip on but also pull the ball out the back when I played with Dev seven, eight years ago he was not that guy so that is 100% a coaching piece and so it does feel as though we've, we've, we've seen a big improvement from Munster we also have to remember that great coaches sometimes don't win tournaments or good coaches don't win trophies it, you get to you, you, you get stuck against a great side or yeah. a, a team for the ages um, where they're just a little bit better coached and the better players and that's the reality of it and you don't get the credit you deserve um, but yet you're putting your team in the mix and, and in another era you know you'd you'd have two or three Celtic leagues or yeah. you know URCs or whatever they're called yeah. um, so it's yeah it, it's it's tough at the moment that Van Graan has come up against a Leinster team the way he has but if they weren't what they are now, Munster would definitely have a couple of titles. I want to talk about Connacht because uh, they've had a, a up and down start to the season. Brilliant, sorry, it went awful, brilliant, mediocre. That's the the first um, start to the league for them. Andy Friend sounded devastated speaking with Joe on the um, show on on Sunday. Uh, said he'd worked the team too hard during the week and they need to be better around that. And um, Andrew Trimble was on a Monday night. He was like. 
I think maybe he was uh, sending a message to the team when he was saying that and there was a bit of psychological uh, in that that actually that might not necessarily be the full picture of what yeah. Andy Friend thought of the performance last week I did see he did say one thing um, in in the Irish Times on Monday and it was it was around um, it was around players bringing their A game if I just bring it up here yeah um, the other most disappointing thing is that there's an individual responsibility there to bring your A game now having watched the game um, back the unforced errors is so frustrating from a coaching perspective that that's that's not a coaching piece that's an individual responsibility piece and there was a couple of clutch moments in the game you know they're were they 12-8 up um, before half time and they, they um, they're held up over the line that's going to be 19-8 go in at half time um, you score that one right big moment yeah. then they lose a line out within two minutes down in their own five their own line out concede a, a scrum and lose a try and they're 12-15 down like in the space of 10 minutes and Matt Williams used to talk the whole time about championship minutes five minutes before and after half time and it's true so much happens the momentum swing going in and the chest puffed out on the back of having a, a big moment in that time yeah. is significant. How do you make your team more aware of that? Well, what can you do? Because it, is it, is it, that sounds like it's... So individuals make the error, but collectively... Yeah, that's it. it felt like more of an individual okay. error piece. It really did. And I right. think that's why he's talking about there's a responsibility to bring your A game because lots of guys, you know, including the bench that came on, made errors. And it's impossible to get any continuity when you're putting together five, six phases and then someone does something that you, it's just a simple error of not catching the ball or taking their eye off and looking to see where the space is before they have it in their hands. Especially and that happened enough times in key positions to take the wind out of their sails and relieve the pressure on the Dragons. So... Like if you look at the over the over the game, they defended really well, particularly in the first half. You know they conceded a you know sloppy try on on uh, on a long kick down the field where they didn't get anyone in the chip line. But smart teams are going to that chip line an awful lot more because of the ruling, because of the fifty twenty two, and you're going to see more and more chip kicks. And I think you're going to see the scrum half having to play less in the front line and into that chip line a bit more than we used to, that, where we used to see kind of five years ago before they became part of the defence on the edge or defence in the backfield. I think you're going to have to start marshalling that chip line because teams are having a lot of success with it. Okay, so that, that's going to be very interesting to track that over the course of the season. Would you be concerned about that, what's happened with Connacht or is that actually quite fixable? Well, they're playing they're playing a really good style. They, they, they try and offload the game. You look at, I think they had 11 offloads at the weekend versus 5 against Dragons. So they are trying to play and um, so it, Aesthetically, it looks really good, um, but just sometimes when you lack accuracy and you don't take key chances at, at, at important times in the game, the game gets away. It, yeah. yeah, like the game is all about building momentum and building a lead and building positivity and reinforcing that in your own head and, and denying it of denying confidence of the opposition. It's a it's a mind game, rugby as well as a physical game. And so how do you take advantage of it when you're in the ascendancy? And you've got to put the foot on the throat. And I think they really lacked doing that at the weekend. They had one or two chances. You take that, it's a different complexion at half time and you come out with a, a different mentality, you know, in the second half. Whereas Dragons had the opportunity to do that because they denied and thwarted them towards the end and then flipped it and scored in their purple patch in the first ten minutes. And all of a sudden, without Connacht doing a whole lot wrong, the game got away from them yeah. unnecessarily. And uh, to try and rectify things they've got Munster and Thomond this week like it's a huge fixture for them and particularly because of the way the European qualification works for next season uh, all of these derby games are suddenly imbued with far more meaning um, so you'd be concerned for them this weekend? Yeah, listen any time you're playing Munster and particularly the way that this Munster team is playing you'd be you'd be nervous about it um, derby games can be a bit more of an equaliser you know again it's it becomes more of definitely more of a mental game none of us cared about the rainbow cup but kind of beat Munster in Munster at in the rainbow cup which i'd say most people have kind of forgotten about who weren't involved in the game itself but that's important there is like recent memory there's some muscle memory from them going down there and going 
It's actually, you know what? Yeah, What's no, that deal? is that is that stands to you, and I'm sure that they will. That Andy Friend will be reinforcing that that we have won here in the last in the last year. So this this should hold no fear. Now it's a different setup. It's crowds. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. You know they're they're building ahead of steam again. Munster. They'll have a lot of their senior players back. You'll have some of the Lions back this weekend as well. So it's it's, it's going to be a very different um, make up to this Munster team, but. Think about how successful their second string team was last week. Now there's a, there's pressure on the front frontliners to deliver because the backup is now achieving high standards themselves. So you would be nervous. You're, I think any team going to Thoman Park is always nervous um, because if you don't bring your physicality, it's I'm just checking the spread. It's 15 points. Yeah, well there you go. It'll be. Do the bookies get it very wrong often? No, they do not. So that that would suggest they should be a little bit nervous. But um, but it'd be interesting to see how Andy Friend actually works the team this week, whether he beasts them or whether he does feel as though he overworked them last week. Um, I, I don't think they lacked intensity. I just think they lacked accuracy. And he was there was, that down there was so much intent. There was lots of really good intent, but intent's only so good if... If, if you don't back it up with good accuracy of being able to take advantage of those momentum swings and, and the opportunities that present themselves, any team in the league will counter that with their own chances. And if you can't negate them or thwart them, well, all of a sudden you get those swings in games that are, that are the difference. Yeah, and the league is going to be competitive this year. Uh, everybody's going to be playing their best players every week, so... Um, that's a, a leap forward as well for us. One last thing I just wanted to talk to you about before we go is um, the the rumours about the, the agents are out doing their work. Uh, everybody at Leinster is getting a move to France or England. It's it's the time of the year where those contracts, those conversations start happening. Um, and I, it's kind of an unusual scenario where it looks like there's going to be a significant change in the IRFU. There's a new CEO that's definitely going to happen. Um, so some stuff might get lost in the wash. Some contracts that would be done might be a bit slower to get done. Already, Ross Byrne, Andrew Porter, Reese Ruddock are being linked. That was a couple of weeks ago, and you're going to see more of these stories coming out over the next while. Um, going to be very hard for Leinster to keep their squad together. Yeah, any successful team, it, you know, when you have the quality and depth of a squad that Leinster have, it's going to be difficult to hold on to players because lots of teams would bite your hand off for Reese Ruddock. He's a starter um, in lots of teams' European side, whereas he's not definitely not a guaranteed starter in the Leinster setup. Now, he has been over the course of the last couple of years, but that's been through Dan Levy's injury, um through others lack of form, um and his, you know, consistent performances. But you bring Jack Conan, who's the Lions number 8 back into the fray, you you look at Levy's performances. What about guys like Will Connors that have been forgotten? Jack, Jack um Van der Fleer's back playing well. So, you've got to try and Max look Deegan, at Caelan Doris. Doris. So, you got to look at the balance of what that back row looks like as well. Um it's it's not shocking to hear that um agents are are offering their players up to other clubs, you know, in France. Furlong's deal is only a year deal as well. Yeah, well, I think there's certain deals that are more important than others. And with respect to Reese Ruddock, you can't lose Tyg Furlong. He's going to get the the focus of their concentration. And likewise... They're going to back up a ring stroke for Tyg Furlong. Yeah, and likewise, Porter is going to become a very important player. He's not going anywhere. Mm. So it's just a matter of locking in a deal. You know, Keane Healy's 31 or 2 now. Um, they've moved him over to the other side a little bit and ported the other way. I mean, that's so. not quite moving from 12 to 13. No, it's not. That, <laughs> is, that is not... Like, uh, we didn't hear anything about this over the summer. Uh, that is such a big deal. Yeah. That is such a big deal in their world to to understand. It's, it's completely different angles. Um, and having pressure on two shoulders versus one shoulder, you know... Ah, scrummaging, scrummaging. It's really not. And that's why you can see hookers playing tight head... Um, but not loose head and tight head swapping a lot. Yeah. You see John Schmidt in the past yeah. played hooker and tight head because of that pressure aspect on both shoulders. Whereas it, it and and your angles are completely different than the expectation on locking up, keeping it, keeping your scrum square, or getting an edge um, on on a shoulder with only the ability to drive through one shoulder. It's. I won't go say that I know the nuances of it all, but I do know that it is a very, very difficult skill to change up. And that's why 
um, the you know, um, props that play on both sides are few and far between because it's you know to be an expert on one is impressive to be an expert on both is a rare commodity does Healy extend his career a couple of years if this if they pull this off like? I, I don't know is the honest answer um, because obviously they feel as though you want to get porters uh, around the pitch play on as well and as if he can be a proficient scrummager um, on that loose head side and you know you look at the the quality at your tight head and, and, and at your hooker yeah. at provincial and maybe national level as well you know, you've got a good the makings of a great ball playing front row there yeah. so you know I think it's it's an eye on realising that Keen Healy has an awful lot of miles on the clock as well and he's been a phenomenal pro and he, and he continues to be a great pro now um, but he started when he was 18 and you know 14, 15 years as the game evolves as well and you're looking for more from your props to the, the natural progression is that other guys are going to come in that are going to be able to scrummage as well as you were and then maybe we'll offer a little bit more from a ball playing perspective um, so it's, it's, it's a natural um, evolution of, of the cycle of a player that ultimately we don't see him maybe being there in three years time so we've got to try and find a way to fit some push someone else through will Keane Healy be there at the, at the World Cup in two years time be very interesting to see I, I don't know enough about it'd be the ma- backup it'd be amazing if he went to the tight head wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't would, it yeah, it'd be ridiculous it would be it really like would one be. of the all time great athletic achievements yeah, in Irish sports it would be and he's, he's come back from that this career ending hand injury as well mm. um, so it's, it's, it's amazing I, I, I've watched fr- from afar with Amazement as to how he's evolved as an individual and as a player. And from a messer in the early years and a guy that was loving life as, in his early 20s and knew how to have a great time to evolve into this consummate professional and this husband and father and completely changed his lifestyle um, to elongate his career is really admirable. And... You know, he, the, what I really like is he's not afraid to go to any expense to to work. You know, to 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 use his hard-earned money to um, get an edge professionally about recovery or you know different techniques or different um, seeing different individuals. It, it that's all out of his pocket or a lot of it's out of his pocket, and I really respect that. That a guy realizes his body, his business, and he is willing to invest in himself to get more out the other end. Oh, it'd be interesting to get him in sometime and to listen to that journey and that story and, and what happens next. He's a really interesting person. He's a really interesting person. Very popular guy, and has a wildness in him, which I'm sure he probably tries to curtail now, but he's. Um, He's a great, great teammate. Right. On that note, Brian, good stuff. Thanks a million. Nice one. Brian O'Driscoll on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us. Everyone in. Ireland is leaving diesel behind and Toyota is leading the way. Start your electric journey with our incredible range of self-charging hybrids. Leave diesel behind with our diesel trade-in booster or choose a contribution, both up to €1,500. So don't miss out. Order now. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. Ireland's best-selling car brand in 2021 and 2022. Toyota. Built for a better world. Terms and conditions apply. Best-selling claim based on 2021 and January 2022 published figures.